Welcome to Living Wisely, Living Well, timeless wisdom to enrich every day with Asha Nayaswamy, one of the spiritual directors of Ananda Palo Alto and a founding member of Ananda Worldwide. If you enjoy this content and are inspired by the teachings of Paramahansa Yogananda and his disciple Swami Kriyananda, find Asha on YouTube, Facebook, all podcast directories, and her website, ashajoy.org. Living Wisely, Living Well, November 13. Be graceful in your movements. Awkward or jerky gestures reflect and also induce disconnected thinking. But grace of movement will help bring a smooth flow to all your thinking. Well, here Swami is doing it again. He's just picking up some small aspect of life and then he's taking it as the entry point into the deepest part of what we're thinking. Be graceful in your movements. Jerky movements creates disconnected thinking. And if we're graceful in our movements, then our thinking will also be smoother. I mean, sometimes he just, he makes a vast intuitive leap, is the only way I can say it. He just, and if you meditate on it, if you really think about it and really reflect about it, you will see all the intervening layers but he, he, because he's working with intuition, intuition perceives directly. And then it can be supported with reason. But it, it's not like I've done, a, I've done an objective experiment with a placebo group of people who moved jerky and people who didn't. And then we designed this test to see how you think. He just sees the relationship. I've had this, I won't call it exactly a game because I, I do it seriously. But it's... It's in an effort to understand people because I want to understand people for my own sake in that um, I need to, to make the right choices in my life and one of the ways we can make the right choices is by understanding the consequences of wrong choices. So we have several ways of, of figuring out the consequences of wrong choices. One of them is to make every mistake oneself, which um, I'm also good at. But it's also possible to observe the mistakes of others, not with judgment, but with just kind of, well, use the word scientific, with an interest. You know, what would be the consequences of that action? I've had a very interesting opportunity in that respect because I've been part of an intentional spiritual community. I I moved into the community in 1971. I, I became connected to it in 1969. I have lived continuously in spiritual communities since 1971, except for about a period of a little more than a year when I shifted from one Ananda to another Ananda, and the the residential community was still in process, so there was a transition year until I, I was able to go back into living literally with the people who share my spiritual aspiration. Also, because I was part of the founding tribe, so to speak, of Ananda, and we have been a a pretty stable group, I've been able to watch now for, for actually literally 50 years, I've been able to watch people go through countless stages of life, and I don't mean to sound like a butterfly collector, I've been able to share in the lives of really by now hundreds of people, and very close with many dozens. And I've just been able to see what certain attitudes, what certain actions bring. And when when people that I loved and cared for would make certain choices, 
um, I would wonder, like, what will be the consequence of those choices? And because we've had consistent relationships over decades, I've been able to see. It's been very interesting. I watch people, the phrase I would use is, play the edges. You know, just like, try to play the edge, standing between what would be the right spiritual attitude and what would be uh, an attitude more influenced by ego or delusion. Just play the edges and watch that sooner or later you crash. You don't necessarily crash and burn, but you crash, and then you have to crawl back. And I've watched myself play the edges too, of course. And But you learn. So as part of this, sometimes when I... Because I've also been called upon to help people, and so therefore I've wanted to be as helpful as possible, and I've, I've not wanted to be limited by my own experience. So whenever I see someone who strikes me in some way as particularly unusual, and one of the things outside of Ananda or within Ananda, either where, um, especially one of the things that strikes me is when I see unusual physical movements. When I see someone hold their body in a particular way, use their hands in a particular way, um, have a, 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 an interesting posture, or a, a, a particular kind of walk. You know, I am many times in the privacy of my own boudoir, not on the sidewalk, but I'll remember it and then I'll try to imitate it. I'll try to see, you know, like, who would you be? What, what kind of inner life would you have that would manifest as this kind of walk, you know, or this kind of gesture? And even with myself, because I do all these videos every so often, I don't, I don't watch my own videos as a rule, but every so often it serves me to look at them because I will see gestures in myself that I didn't know I was making and I will have to think, you know, what, who are you that you would move your hand in that particular way? I mean, now you're all going to look, but I've, I've noticed... Uh, I, sometimes I would sit perfectly still, except I would be moving my thumbs, totally unconsciously. I would think like all the, I would appear to be relaxed, but there would be this much lack of relaxation, and those thumbs would move. And, and now I know it, and I try to stop it, but it's like, why would those thumbs keep moving? And it, it becomes a very interesting exercise. So when Swami is talking to us here, move with grace. I mean, not everyone sits in front of a camera and makes videos of themselves as often as I do, but with our little phones and things we can. And I'm not, I'm not suggesting becoming obsessed with your own reality, but pay attention. Just pay attention or ask your friends to comment. You can ask your friends if you have the nerve. Imitate me. <laughs> see, see, see what your friends would do if they're imitating you. Uh, every so often for Halloween, I've seen couples come as each other. I think that's always a really, really healthy sign in the relationship. <laughs> but it's really fun to see. And, and the first time I saw it, you know, they came as each other. And of course, in both of them had characteristic clothes. So immediately they were wearing each other's clothes or characteristic clothes, a cap or a this. But watching the mannerisms, you know, they just really, they really got each other absolutely perfect. So if you have the nerve, Ask your friends to imitate you. And just, just as a caricature, see what you look like. And then ask yourself, is that who I really want to be? 
you know, I don't want to be someone who thinks they're sitting still and is actually, you know, twirling their thumbs. Like, why would I be doing that? What's going on inside my head that would force me to do that? Because that's really the point. All of this is like, you can get access to inner realities from, I'll use the word gross, because I mean by that unsubtle, from the gross physical level, it gives you access into, into more subtle levels. That's the whole premise of yoga postures, for example, is that you can just put your body in a particular position the way Ananda Yoga is taught, and there's an affirmation that goes with it, and by putting your physical body there, then you can enter into the more subtle state that's behind it and transform yourself on an inward level, which is infinitely more enduring than merely on a physical level. So we can, we can work it both ways. We can organize our thinking, harmonize our inner self, and then watch how it express, or we can watch how we're expressing physically and then ask ourselves, what does this mean about who I am inside? And, and we can get access then sometimes to inner states of consciousness. I mean, a nervous habit like twiddling your thumbs when twiddling, that's the word, isn't it? Twiddling. What on earth would, why would it be twiddling? That must mean the circular gesture, but twiddling your thumbs like that. Um, what, what, what I was trying to say with that is um, just stopping it will have a, an effect. And so if we watch that, what Swami is saying, we're always jerking in the way that we move. That was his expression here. Um, bring grace, be graceful in your movements. Awkward or jerky gestures reflect and also induce. Disconnected thinking. Isn't that interesting? I mean, grace is connectedness, isn't it? Awkwardness is, is when it, it kind of jerks like that. We, we do one thing and then it stops. We do another and then we stop. We do another and then it stops. And then when we're trying to sort of develop a, a line of reasoning in our own minds, it flips like this. You know, my, well, graceful is one thing. You know, my mind gets distracted. I'll be starting in one direction. I'll remember something else. Then I'll remember something else. Then I'll remember something else. Meanwhile, the milk on the stove is boiling over because of all of this. You know, and so I try to get into my head by sticking with this until it's finished, sticking with this until it's finished, because then everything is, goes in a flow. Being graceful also just means being continuous instead of, as he uses the word, disconnected. So the effort required to not go like that, but to actually you know, go in a smooth flow with whatever you're going to do and make it a nice gesture instead of a gesture, you know, and you can see what, what, what that's all about. You know, it's, it's, the spiritual path is really a great deal of fun. It's a great deal of fun because everything is related. And so we're never bored and we're never out of things to do. When I uh, moved to Ananda, I, well, I became involved when I was 22. I, I started living in community when I was 24. And I was only 24. I didn't feel, I didn't feel only at that age. I felt quite engaged. I remember being 10 and announcing to my parents, they must have laughed themselves silly once I was out of the room. They were, I had fallen in with bad companions at the age of 10, and 
in truth, they were, they were a little wild. But the good kids were so boring. I mean, just unbelievably boring. And these kids were really interesting, fascinatingly, much more interesting than the good kids. So I had fallen in with bad companions, and they were a little mean. And it, it, uh, it, was, it was a questionable life choice, but it passed, so it didn't matter. But I remember when my parents were trying to tell me that these children were a bad influence on me. And I remember... I was 10, and I was a piddling little thing, so it must have been all the more amusing. And most of my vocabulary came out of books. So I charmingly mispronounced words, but not in this case. I remember planting myself in front of my parents at the age of 10 and saying, this is what I said, the die is cast. I'm either a good kid or a bad kid, and there's nothing you can do about it now. I love, I love the image of myself doing that. It's so Asha. It was just so me. And my parents, all, I don't really remember my parents' reaction, except they were very good parents. So I'm sure that they contained their absolute hysterical laughter and just let me play the scene as I wanted to play the scene. And all of it is incredibly amusing now that I'm old enough to see children and parents. But it was true. And that's the part of it that I really know. It was true. That was absolutely true. I was just who I was. And I knew they could control me. I was only 10. But they really couldn't make me somebody that I wasn't. Very, you know, very deep in me. And when, uh, and I, w- I went through things fast. It's not that I did that much, but I, I saw possibilities and followed them to their end and knew that I didn't want them. So by the time I met Swami Kriyananda, when I was only 22, I was, I was pretty desperate. I was pretty young to be as desperate as I was because I was grown up. I had a job. I mean, I was out of school. I had a job. I had friends. I had a relationship. I had all this stuff going on. And, oh, my God, is this it? Is this really? Is this really the rest of my life? I was, I was really quietly, absolutely panicked. So when I came to... Ananda, I didn't know if I was just going to run through it fast or not. I, you know, I was just, I was just going to dive in and see. But you see, the spiritual path is infinite, and there's always something for us to do, and there's no part, well, there's no atom of creation that is outside of the divine and is outside of our um, responsibility, our destiny to realize God. So just pick your life up from anywhere. Pick it up from diet, pick it up from the clothes you wear. I mean, that's what this book is, Living Wisely, Living Well. It goes all over the place, really, just all over the place. Because start anywhere. Just start anywhere. It's a a globe. Just start anywhere and gradually travel all around it. So start with the way you move your hands. Why not? Pay attention. See where it leads you. Because everything will lead you to infinity if you follow it with the right spirit. So, Swami says, Be graceful in your movements. Awkward or jerky gestures reflect and also induce disconnected thinking. But grace of movement will help bring a smooth flow to all your thinking. Joy to you, my friends.
Our work is made possible by inspired listeners, so if you feel to support Asha, you can make a one-time donation, or for unique members-only content, subscribe through Patreon. Blessings and thank you.